It is episode 23 of the Pro Painted Podcast. It is 2019 and we are fucking back. So it's me, it's uh, Matt Lyons here and I'm joined by our super sexy regular co-hosts. Um, you can probably hear him in the background because he's got a deep manly <gasps> breathing voice. It's Rob Ellis. Hi. Hi, mate. Uh, we'll get on to why you're probably going to be perkier than normal. Um, in a minute. Um, and I'm also, of course, joined by Mr. Ian Gilmore. Hiya, Matt. You okay? I'm very well, thank you. Any football we should be aware of tonight? No. No, good. That was, that was last night. No, good, good. So this is unfortunately later than we hoped to record. Last week was just a colossal clusterfuck. Um, and also, I do have a bit of a tickly voice today. Uh, I've got a bit of a something in the back of my throat, probably jizz um so i will be a little bit quieter than normal but super happy to get my two sweet bros together for a for a threesome for all our lucky fans and nice. actually yeah i was just gonna say have you come across the podcast the tales of the painting man no no I haven't. so there are a couple of comedians and um, all sorts of different stuff and turns out they also love aos so they do a podcast about aos and it's hilarious um they also call their listeners fans so um, there you else. go, in your face. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, well, just 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 for 2019, <laughs> I just you know, just point that out. I feel like you need to justify yourself. Yeah, it's fine. yeah, definitely. Other people yeah. do it, so it's all cool. It's all cool. Um, so yeah, it's been a, one a hell of a start of the start of the year, um, 2019 in the old AOS hobby, um, and I think actually only today. Um, there were tweets going out from the Warhammer community team that there's going to be a whole swathe of reveals at the LVO. Uh, so it's the Las Vegas, yeah. uh, Las Vegas yeah. Open, Open held in Bally's Casino over in Las Vegas um, this weekend. So apparently two o'clock in the morning, Saturday something, we, we, 2, 2 a.m. our time. I think the reveals should be up. So that'll be super mega exciting. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure that there's something tonight. Tonight, tonight, yeah, yeah. It's normally on the Friday they, they do it. So let's say it's normally early in the weekend, I think. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I'm interested to see what they, you know, what they show. Is there is there a forty k tournament? No. It's both. They're saying, it's, oh. it, they're saying uh, on on their Instagram is saying cool stuff will be revealed tonight. Ah, cool. Okay. Oh, wow. So you might be in for a, a double whammy because you never know. I might be able to get this. You could be listening to this episode while waiting for the reveals at the LVO. How about that? Happy That's pretty legit. Living the dream. So um, we'll kind of catch up with what we've been up to. I mean, there's been for what is basically we said in january we'll give ourselves a bit of a breather it's a trick it's so tricky to record over christmas anyway um and then january everyone's back to work no one wants to fucking do anything but there's been shit loads of hobby going on so before i get on to my slightly controversial recent hobby um ian what have you been up to i've been um revisiting the gloom spike gets of what was previously my Night Goblin army, um, and starting rebasing them. Bought the book, love it. It's ridiculously good, and I need everything to be rebased, and I need to paint some Mangler Squigs and some Boingrot Bounders. So I've been buying stuff, and I've been so I've done 
Uh, I think I've rebased another 30 Moon Clan, so I'm up to about 70 now of them. Um, and I've rebased a Squig Herd, so I've got 22 Squigs and 8 Herders, which is good and bad. It means I got, because GW now put them all together, I'm short about 10 to 20 Squigs <laughs> to cover the Herders. Right. So, yeah, so that they know where the money is. So, yeah. so that's on my to-do list for some point. Uh, but yes, I've done that. Um, I've got some squig hoppers in front of me, which have been in, been, been rebased at the moment. Um, got an arachnorock to rebase. Got a giant to rebase. So yeah, loving it. Um, I'm doing because I'm um, rebasing everything. I'm upscaling the paint job as well um, because a lot of the stuff was painted roughly. Oh, gosh, but 10 years ago. <laughs> so so standard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm doing, putting some black markings on the squigs and changing the flames on the um, the hoods of the, all in, the Moon Clan into um, yellow flames to match my... So it all ties in with the Iron Jaws. So it's got the same base in. To pick on something you just mentioned there, um, we tweeted out, why well, I tweeted out for you... Um, the the modelling effect you were doing with the squigs. Yeah. Um, how how have you approached that? Because I have tried it in the past and I fuck it up so often. Any little tips you could give? Um, it's I it tends to do it in um, two sessions. So do I use? I, I know this is you know blasphemy to use, but I use um, I, I use a bad and black. <sighs> um, yeah. So, uh, because it's very forgiving, if you make a mistake, you just essentially can, when it's still wet, you just rub it off yeah. and it doesn't stain the paint underneath. Um, but I use the air version because it's a little bit thinner. Um, and I just do the, the bigger dots initially. Right. So I do all those, let them dry. And then on the second one, I do the smaller dots around. I use a, um, it's in front of me, I use a small layer brush. So it's not a tiny brush. So do you use kind of. St- do you kind of stipple it on, or um, are you painting it and moving it around, or it's kind of it's not stippling, but it's a similar motion. Right, it's like stabbing, but it's not um, it's not like a dry brush type. Just stabbing um, me squigs. You're a squig herd. Yeah, I am. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So it's kind of it's yeah. It's just um, dotted, um, but it's kind of the, the bigger dot, you need to move the paint down a little bit, but it's generally just with a tip and trying to go at it from a 90-degree angle. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so it's kind of, it's, once it's, once you've got the knack of it, it's really easy to do. Sure. Um, but it's kind of the, so I've done it on quite a few models over the years, and I find it because I, it's like muscle memory. Sometimes you can do it, you can do it all the time. Yeah. With, you know, quite quickly. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's just practice. And do you yeah. find that you do kind of the, the bigger spots in the middle, kind of running almost down the spine, and then they kind of go smaller as they go outwards? That's the general uh, gist of it, yeah. So I do the, the ones down the middle first, uh, blocking in the bigger ones. Um, I try to put some larger ones down the side to make it a bit more irregular, but it's kind of it does vary a little bit. Um, what I also do is if I make if I make a mistake, I tend to... Um, especially with the smaller spots, um, paint them so they become one big spot and then add a couple of smaller spots on the outside. 
So it kind of makes it quite um, irregular by being inept, um, which works quite well. Yeah. So yeah. So it's quite. Um, so I'm going to do that patterning in all the squigs now. Um, from the so I've done the I've done all the squig herds. I'm doing it on this the um, squig hoppers at the moment, the old metal ones which I got painted. Um, I'll do it on the manglers and the boing rot bounders as well. Um, once they're ready for paint, because I've massively fucked up the undercoating, um, which is all user error. But there you go. So yeah, this bit they're in the strip at the moment, hopefully to be salvageable, but we'll see. So we were just talking about that. So Ian's using bio strip to clean the models up, and and he has got plastic, and he and it is undercoat. So I think you weren't yeah. particularly happy with the results you had with an overnight soak. That's I, I agree. That's the case. It can be really dependent on the undercoat. Um, yeah. But a couple of nights will be fine. I've had plastic models in there for weeks, so I, I really wouldn't worry. Uh, what undercoat yeah. was it that fucked up? Well, this is a story about this. Um, right. I, I decided. Right. I I paid um, I paid too much attention to GW's. Um, you know, all your all our sprays can be used as undercoat. Okay. Well. Yeah. In, in the majority of cases, I've done quite a few recently, just, you know, I've used the silver as an undercoat, no problems. Used the grey, no problems. But I decided to try the yellow. And oh. the yellow the yellow as an undercoat is um, really not great. Not because it's a bad spray, it's because it doesn't give particularly good coverage over the grey. Um, so I put it on way too thick. Um, so it either needs um, to... Um, two thin coats essentially so spray it twice yeah um leave it to dry or what i've done in the past which i should have done um and not changed was do it over white yeah. so spray it white first and then do the yellow over the top um but you live and learn so i'm just gonna hopefully the strip will work and it'll be salvageable but if not um going to you know be binned off somewhere and um i'll have to buy a new batch and start again I'm sure I'm sure but, yeah. strip will sort you out. Or as I said, you know, if you do want to try it out, I wouldn't overly recommend it. Isopropyl alcohol in a spray bottle, you can spray it or you can soak it overnight. That will get rid of paint as well. Um, and as you're a bit yeah. of a medical background, um, I thought you might yeah. be nice and safe to look after that. Yeah, I won't be smoking around it or anything. No. <laughs> yeah. I use it to all the acrylic we make with pro-painted studios. We hand polish everything we make with with the isopropyl alcohol because it just clears up the clears up the acrylic gives it the best possible look so something i'm quite quite familiar with and if you do overspray and hit a model you do you do end up regretting it that's yeah. awesome so what are your plans just kind of sorting out those last bits of the, the gloom spike gits and plugging on with those for the next couple of months um well i've got a i'm going to i've bought a ticket for heat three at gw mm -hmm. so i've written i've wrote a list for that which is, um, I think, will be fun to use and fairly um, unique, I think. I don't think it may be many people rocking the same one. Um, so there's quite a lot of paint for that, so that's the aim at the moment. And I've got, I bought a ticket for um, Extinction, which is Chris Tomlin's event in Weymouth, awesome. which yeah. involves lots of monsters. So I'm going to do the um, and rebasing an Arachnarok and a giant for that to use because it's all monster based um, which you need extra monsters and monsters in the list so that's the plan for that so yeah so that's the plan 
sort of for the moment. Um, I'm, I can see myself being distracted by Skaven. Um, yeah. Because yeah, that's, that's really yeah. Yeah, but um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, it's one of these things with GW at the moment. They're releasing so much cool stuff. I just can't keep up. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah. Well, that, but, that, that's so. good in of itself. Uh, that's awesome. And I'm really excited to see you kind of with your Gloom Spike Gits army all finished, um, and particularly what you bring to Extinction. And I do want to mention Extinction. So this episode. Should about be, to, yeah. yeah, this episode is coming out about. Um, should be Friday the 8th. Uh, 8th of February now so Extinction people have probably seen it on Twitter and I think it is unique and it is kind of putting people off going to the event the event is running we've got enough people to go ahead but I I really do want to give it a very specific shout out because I think Chris is doing something really cool it's a bit different it's not your standard match play event so you, you do have to do a bit of thinking with it buying some extra models and doing some painting so it's not for everybody but it's a it is a of itself it's still a match play tournament uh you know kind of the format you're used to and it's on mother's day weekends though so again another factor for those that want to celebrate that or they've got young kids and everything which is the start of british summertime as well which is pretty legit so that's the 30th and 31st of march now he's running it down in weymouth which is my hometown so i'm always super psyched to get loads of people down it's a great venue he puts on amazing food he has his missus runs um helps run a local fish and chip shop that like win all can the awards I, can I interject slightly yeah on that? of course um <laughs> I didn't realise. So the clocks go forward on the on the Saturday night, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine getting smashed at a Weymouth event and knowing you've got one one less out? Don't let that put you off, listeners. Obviously. <laughs> I think you've just written um, it. Anyone who's interested yeah, is like, I'm oh, sorry. Shit. Just gotta get smashed on the Friday. Easy. Well, I, I, I get smashed early on the Saturday because I normally have loads of people staying around my place. Um, but Weymouth's a, a good night out. Chris also organises uh, a big like bowling session at the local bowling alley on the Saturday night. Um, so the event itself, um, so it's all match play. It's all set in the realm of Gur because the theme is fucking monsters. Actually, not no, not fucking monsters. <laughs> it's fucking monsters. Um, so it's all set in the realm of Gur. Depends on which bars you end up in Weymouth, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Depends on what kind of agreement you've got with your wife. Um, So, yeah, so it's set in the realm of Gur, which the the reason why the realm of Gur isn't really used at tournaments is the fact that um, you, as standard, you get basically a monster each to use. um, And with the terrain features, you can also end up with two. So Chris is asking each of the attendees to say, can you please bring um, two monsters with you? Um, which is the realm rules because you might need to use them. They don't have to match your color scheme for your army or your basing. They're not part of your army. They're wild creatures. So you can bring two monsters, whatever you've got in your collection. But he basically, the pack itself asks that where possible, your general is a monster and you have two other monsters in your list. So, for example, with Iron Jaws, this is purely an example off the top of my head. You can have your general as a more crusher, and then you could, as long as you had two other more crushers in your list, that would be legal. I think they can ally giants, so they can ally in a couple of giants. That would be legal. Does pose a bit of an issue with certain armies, no word of a lie. So, Nine Hawks tricky because it basically means you've got to have a black coach or um you know you got you got you haven't really got any monster heroes but you can have certain characters is fine you need a black coach or mongols i'm taking deepkin 
so for Deepkin, you have to take an idol on as your general. Um, and then you still need three monsters in your list. Luckily, with with um, Deepkin, it's quite easy to get monsters because you've got the sharks. They're only 140 points, and they count as monsters. And you've got the Leviathan. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty fine. And you've got the Leviathans as well. So a lot of people are thinking, oh, my God, I've got to do loads of hobby. In certain scenarios, you are right. You know, there are some quite strict uh, restrictions on you if you don't have an Eidolon painted for your Deepkin army. It, it, it's a bit tricky, um, but generally speaking, you know, you can ally in a lot of these monsters. Um, and I would really, really encourage people to pick up tickets for Chris's event. He's doing something different, and it's a bit of a shame. It hasn't really got much support um, from the community, and I understand it is something a bit different. Um, but at the moment, we've got 20 of us. It's going to be an absolute blast, but he's got room for over 30. So, you know, I would really, really, really encourage people to pick up tickets. Details are on TGA as normal. Just search for Extinction. It's always good. I mean, uh, just um, I, I, I can't make it down, but um, having attended plenty of um, not only Chris's events, but the events down in Weymouth, um, yeah, it might be a, you know, the, the pack might put off, you know, certain, um, you know, if, if your hobby is a bit, you know, isn't sort of geared towards that, then it might put you off. But certainly, you know, for, for a nice just weekend out as well and just playing some sweet games of, of AOS, then you can't really pick a better you know, better time to do, you know, better place to do it and a better group of lads to do it with. And, you know, so, you know, I'm a bit cut. I can't make it down, but, you know, certainly uh, don't let the pack put you off. And Paul, Paul Buckle as well, as uh, I'm, I'm, I think I'm right in saying that he's offered to, um, you know, he's, he's opened up his beastery to those who uh, are struggling model wise. I think I'm right in saying that, Matthew. Yep, you are. Is, yeah. So he's got, a, 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 if, if no, um, he's pretty well known now for having like a ma- mental collection of, uh, of Warhammer miniatures. Um, he's pretty much got anything. I mean, I, when we did Man Feast, I borrowed pretty much um, half a Archeon based seeing Charmy off him, including the big man himself. So, um, you know, you, you know, Paul's a sound guy and obviously he, I don't suppose he'd mind if you do fancy it, uh, get in contact with uh, Chris and, you know, perhaps give Paul a shout if you're thinking of coming down and I'm sure he'd be able to sort you out as well. So, you know, there's a little bit of a help there, you know, not surprising from someone like Paul, you know, uh, helping out the community. So yeah, you're 100% right with that. Um, and those are for the Realm Monsters. Um, I've done exactly the same and a couple of people like Tom Tom Hewitt have offered as well. So I think there's almost going to be kind of a, a jumble sale table uh, maybe at the event. Yes. People just <laughs> come up and, um, you know, do a little spin, put their hand in for a ticket and oh, see what monster they get. I just fancy a manacle. Oh, <laughs> brand new. He's a uh, lovely... The, get Scott to bring his manacle. If he's, if he's still got it, Scott, bring yeah, your, I think go, he down has. A, go down a wall, turn up with your with your um, one that's painted like something out of He-Man and uh, lend it to someone because that would be awesome to see that back on the table. Yeah, it's on a square base though, so he's not using it. Um, um. <laughs> so yeah, that, that is Extinction. Like I said, please do, like if, if that's piqued your interest a little bit, please do go and check it out. Um and also, if you are, if you, maybe even if you've not been to tournaments before, if you want to try one that will give you a good foundation and it's not too serious, and also you want it a little bit smaller so that you can get to know um, some people at, at the events, it's a good one. It, these are the perfect ones to do. They really, really are. Yeah. If you want to walk away feeling like, wow, okay, I, I've really got the buzz for this now, it's these kind of events that really, really do that. 100%. 100%. 
So, yeah, so that's extension. I mean, while we're on it, we'll do, we'll do some couple of little shout-outs as well. Um, so we've previously had Chris Mills on the podcast, um, who's, you know, won numerous different Best Army trophies um, over, over the last year or so. Did well on the old painting rankings as well. Um, he's got that lovely Stormcast army um, alongside. Um, you know, he's, he's actually done loads. He's a bit of a mercenary like me and Tim Fisher. Sold loads of armies. Um, he's actually started up his own YouTube channel, um, which is Fluffhammer. So just go onto YouTube, search for Fluffhammer. Um, and he's doing basically kind of good painting guides, talking through the techniques he's doing. Um, I think some of his earlier vids kind of focused on unboxing and things. If they're your bag, you know, give them a go. Um, but you can actually see it's in interesting for me to see how he's how he's already is improving uh, the videos and how the quality of what he's doing is becoming much more that youtube standard um so do give them a do give them a watch he's just painted finished painting a, a, a loon king oh nice and there's some really nice kind of um, techniques he's used in there that people can definitely take away. And I don't want to spoil anything, so do go and check that out. And if you do like what he's doing, YouTube nowadays is a bit it's a bit funny. You have to like subscribe if you like it, hit like the notification button to know videos, to ring the bell and all that stuff. So if you do like it, give him a shout, give him a follow. It's definitely worth it. I, I, I've got some little tips from it, so, you know. 100% worth it. Um, and I also want to give a shout out to um, John Masters, who, who's been in contact. He's somebody that um, I knew back from the 8th, 8th edition uh, Warhammer tournament scene. And he was involved with AOS a little bit to start with. And he's kind of he's got some ideas about what he wants to do with the AOS scene going forward. Um, he's interested with talking to people who put a tweet out. Those kind of have like social anxiety issues, uh, which I know causes him some problems um, with events, um, causing him to drop out of quite a few. Um, but he's actually sponsoring this episode. You know, he's, he's sent us some pennies over, which um, which has actually gone towards my ticket for for Heat One, which is which is amazing. So thank you for that. <laughs> So it's allowing me to. Can I, can I have some, yeah. something towards my Lamborghini? Yeah, Defo. You've been going for nearly two years now. Well, I want my bloody Lambo. Yeah, Defo. We didn't, we didn't do this for the money, mate. But yeah, stuff like that. And if anyone <laughs> wants anything specific, shouting out, you know, you don't have to furnish us with loads of money. Just, just get in contact. You know, I'm happy to, I'm happy to give the specific things, shout outs, including tournaments. Um, but yeah, that's when, quite... just on, just, just on that note, I had, um, with, um, talking about John, right? Yeah, John Masters. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I had the pleasure. Um, um, the, I'd attended South Coast um, a couple of years ago, just as um, I guess as Ian's hype man. My flavor. I was the flavor flavor to his Chuck D um, when when he, he, he took his Nurgle down there. But the, the following year, I actually didn't understand that reference. Oh, look at Google Public Enemy. Um, and the, uh, the 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 first year that I I played. Um, a full uh, a full weekend there. Um, my first game was actually against John, ah, and okay. um, you know he's a really nice guy. And it was you know it was my sort of you know I'd, I'd been to a couple of small tournaments uh, up until then. Um, I'd gone to more Burns and um, uh, Partners in Chaos uh, with you know with my sort of uh, mixed order list as it was then. But I had a really you know my first sort of really big tournament, and you know I'm, I'm obviously not a, not too much of a shy. Uh, you know sort of wallflower type guy but you know when, when certainly when you're in those scenarios it doesn't sort of matter how you know perhaps necessarily you know how who you are and how you sort of normally conduct yourself it can be quite uh, intimidating you know regardless of who's on the other side of the table and um you know i had a really good first game with him and you know they sort of set me up for a really good weekend and it's always something that i remember 
Um, so yeah, just a you know big shout out to John. It's good to see you back in the hobby, mate. And um, you know, just just uh, yeah, just just keep spreading the good word, mate. And uh, fair play to you. Yeah, and that's what we want to be doing. We want everybody we know and like to be playing the hobby. You know, it's as, as inclusive as it can be, really. Totally. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Totally. Awesome. So that's all the little shout outs for now. Um, so I suppose I should really talk about what hobby I've been up to. Um, so I've got, as of recording this today, I've got Fate of Sigmar next weekend. So that's not the weekend coming, the following weekend, because I know people do have a bit of an argument over that terminology. Um, and I'm doing a um, Daughters of Set. So it's basically themed on Conan. Um, daughter's army so lots of snakes um so i've been working away on that and i've not had a project where i've changed and flip-flopped on um color schemes uh, as much as i have this um and i think i've covered it before but i've now ended up with my orange snake bodies um my pallid witch flesh kind of the um the fleshy bits on the bellies um and i've actually gone with purple in the end for the cloth so they're very much tabletop um, I do plan to add more to them going forward, um, but I have got to the stage now where I've got uh, over half of it painted, um, and I'm also nice. doing a slow grow escalation league uh, run by Matt Clark, um, where I'm adding to that as well. So I've got just over a thousand points painted now, which, which I'm super pleased with. Um, I still do have a fair bit to do for Paul's event. I've got a unit of each of the different kinds of sisters. So that's the the Blood Stalkers, which is the archers, and the Blood Sisters themselves, which are the the combat ones with with the pole arms. Um, and I've got four bases of Celestial Swarms, which I'm using um, the snakes from the Bastilladon kit. Um, oh, nice. I'm kind of placing them on, on ruins to kind of flow down, and, you know, they, they've come out quite well, actually. I've not, not undercoated them or started painting yet, but I've just kind of blue-tacked them in place, and they've definitely got the look I want. Um, and I've got an Avatar of Cain left, which is one of the Mercia miniatures, uh, Cthones, one of their snake ladies. So I just need to just need to work on her. So I've been working on my daughters and I've also completely flip flopped on the basing as well. Um, I've kind of gone back to know, gone back to what I know a little bit more. Um, and back in the day, I've used some of the micro art studios, the Elven ruins. So basically um, just bits of resin that are made to look like ruins, um, kind of ruined faces and feet and feet of statues and stuff. Uh-huh. So I've attached those to. Um, so I've, I might do a little tutorial on it, but what i wanted i wanted to do some marble and my god marble is so like marble is not something i can paint um i mean i i I saw somebody doing marble in a very strange way yeah which is um well i haven't tried it myself so i don't know whether it's any good or not i I know is this what you said about the what the three thunder sorry go on (laughs) Um, i saw somebody doing it with wire wool Okay. So they're, stre- yeah. they're stretching it out over the. So they're base coating it with the, the main colour, no, so the the, the colour of the veins, um, the veins, stretching wire wool over it and then airbrushing it over the top to get the lighter or the non-vein colour. Right, that's a good idea. I like so, that. So, so it creates the um, quite naturalistic pattern. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that was and. Somebody did it. I'm not sure who. So sorry if they're listening. <laughs> Somebody. It was good. I was impressed. Um, but yeah, so that was, um, as I say, no first-hand experience. But it looked good from the video I saw. Yeah, I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm. It's one, it's, it's, it's one of those. It's one. It's one of those things, isn't it? Where 
similar to what you were saying about um, about the mild effect. It's like almost like trying to get a deliberate natural pattern is quite hard because you're you know it's a naturally it's a natural pattern, but you, uh, paint it deliberately. So have almost having a sort of you know kind of it's not stabbing at it, but kind of giving it a bit more uh, being a bit looser in your hand would probably give it a more of a natural thing. But then obviously you're running the risk of it not be, being neat enough. So yeah. it's quite um. It's quite a, you know, you sort of see it in you know, things like painting smoke or, or any kind of other natural effects. Um, you know, it, it can be quite difficult, can be quite a challenge. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And I think it is what you what I find with a lot of these techniques is that it's finding that technique that works. Um, yeah. So I've I tried out a few different things which just would not work. Um, I then copied the Warhammer TV um, Duncan video where he does it on the ruined Aquila, a piece of 40k terrain. Um, yeah, and again, that. I wasn't happy with that result. So, But I have stuck with the majority of that. So what I've done, the base consists of um, the ruins glued on, which are painted in the colours of the marble that don't have the marbling effect. And then I've used the ever so popular um, Will's Paving. Uh, and I've used the the square the square tiled ones, cut pieces of those out, trim them down to size. Now you'll probably see this, um, and there's a good in my eyes. There's a good and bad way, not good and bad way, a, a particularly good way to use the wheels paving, which is think you've got your base, and if you then glue on the wheels paving, say you want them ruined, so you've got little bits of a couple of tiles on the base, a little grouping here, and some bits scattered about. If you then put your glue on and then you put your sand on, what you'll generally find is that sand will probably actually be about the height, if not much taller than the tiles you've just put down. Now, visually, that doesn't look right because no. it, it's tiles. It should They should almost be above or if not completely level top, yeah. with the grass. So what I always recommend that people do if they want to try this is, it, and it's also a really good four bases, um, is get some quick dry filler um, and just level it out. Just literally just get that base so the tiles are the level of the base. Um, and it's also a really useful tip. If you've got something like witch elves, which are on a 25mm base, and you're magnetising them for army transportation, it's great. 25mm bases mean those magnets are really close together, so they can actually pull together, knock them over, they'll snap together. You have that layer of filler over the top of the base. It makes such a difference because the base weighs more. It's a lot more solid. You'll have that. That issue is, is really reduced. It doesn't doesn't get rid of it, um, but it, it really, really helps. So that's that's how I approach the basing. Then um, sanded over the top as normal. Um, so the technique for doing the, the marble is base coat in um, Celestial Grey, layering on um, Orthan White, um, recess washers of um, sepia um, and then painting on the the, the, the marble fissures um, and you work with a light grey to a dark grey it doesn't matter what you use light grey to dark grey water only paints a bit and I was doing it and it looked shit awful like it looks so bad <laughs> like, I can't paint cracks I mean don't get me wrong if you I said you were Matt, gonna say that, I was going to look good no no if you said Matt here's a base paint some marble on it if I was just doing that one base and I had the time, I reckon I could get it to look pretty decent. 
but mass doing it over bases i was like right i need to get this to i need to be able to do it to uh, to a good speed and it was fucking up all over the place so what i actually found is i part of the technique they talk about with the dunker ones is do a dry brush after they've layered the uthwan so before they put anything else on and i went i wonder so i left i i put in a decent amount of lamy medium in in the greys and then literally just went mental with a white dry brush over the top sorted it it's not perfect it's not amazing you won't look at it and go oh that marble is so well done it's just good enough for little bits on bases <laughs> just just to pass so i'm i'm happy with that um so do watch that video if like me you just haven't got the brush control <laughs> to get that those veins looking amazing dry brush white over the top sorted it right out um and then a layer of gloss varnish and it, it really makes them pop so I'm, I'm super pleased with those um and it's a nice and i've painted the sand in a nice neutral palette so it works really well with the um works really well with the the kind of the brighter snakes with the orange so that's project number one which still isn't finished yet i don't know if i mentioned this on the last episode of the podcast but um I've start. I've just finished actually finished uh, a project on uh, an Eidenf Deepkin army, uh, not a nine horn, um, where basically the big reveal came out. And initially, I was a bit disappointed with Eidenf. I didn't quite get them. I was hoping for a Cthulhu vibe, which they don't overly have. Um, but over, as the years gone on, kind of the kits have grown on me more. Seeing the miniatures in, in the flesh, uh, Reavers in particular are fucking amazing. They're some of my absolutely yeah. favourite models. So dynamic and really nice to put together as well. And actually really bloody handy in the game. So all-round winners. Um, and I played... Paul Buckler's got a really good list. Um, there's a couple of unusual choices in there. Still super solid. I hadn't played the the super spammy eel list until recently. I don't like the way it looks on the board, but I, I, it's kind of cool. But I did play at Curtain Games. Guy there, John. He had uh, he literally had a Highland, the Deepkin list. He had like one of everything, and it was really cool. Like I really enjoyed playing against it, and it was still decent. It was an amazing like cutting edge tournament winning army, but it was just good. So they've always kind of been in the back of my mind that I really really wanted to do an army of them. And as we've come into 2019, um, obviously I've got my business, got Probate Studios, which is which is kind of scaling up. It's you know it's taking up more and more of my time, which is fine. Um, I don't really have the time to sit there and kind of work on something like my Zinch anymore. And at the same time, I I quite like the idea of maybe this year kind of focusing on running the rankings and less about competing in them and just go to tournaments for the gaming side little bit mental i know but i also want to spend a little bit more time on smaller kind of painting projects rather than whole armies um just because of just time really um so i decided that i wanted to do um after the painting masters so there was there's two deep kid armies there and we will be doing an episode on the painting masters very specifically so people can really kind of get to grips with what it's all about and a couple of deep kid armies there really got me raring for them and i decided to do a quotation marks concept army for the deepkin now in my eyes this seemed to fit because in the same way that tim fisher back in the day did his eshin army which was unsurprisingly or skaven eshin assassins they were all in subtle purple and black hues and had green glowy warpstone weapons the concept worked perfectly for those you know utter completely understandable um you've then got people like chris tomlin who's unashamedly taken that forward and done his venetian court with the flesh eaters again all dry brushed in that style the basings actually all dry brushed um, in the same and blood and silver is his kind of his spot colors so well deep kin are an army that raids 
the shoreline and still souls at night, you know, under the cover of darkness. In my eyes, that, that's what they are. So I decided to go for more of a, I wanted to do kind of a grayscale kind of, not night, but more gloom. So I did a whole army for the Curtain Masters. Um, and I will say, obviously, you're not fully painting the models. It still took me over between 20 and 30 hours. I think you're topping about up about 26 to 30 hours all in to get the army painted, which is pretty good, I think, when you agree in, like, there's a time scale to paint an army. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the amount of time I take to paint a leg. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still not a small amount of time, you know, if you think about no, it. No, no, no. You know, no. Um, it's, still a, it's still a commitment, isn't it? Yeah, to sit there painting. Um, so I was really happy about it. And it's actually been really fun for me because with my local guys, it's kind of almost been like, it felt a little bit like a bit of a community painting project. So I knew what I wanted to do. Um, so the way I've approached the army, so is the idea that they're raiding the shoreline, they're raiding the villages, fighting armies and everything, stealing souls, kind of in, in the gloom. So the idea is it's dark, but as we know, it's rare that you go out and it's pitch black. There's normally moonlight or something. Um, so that's kind of what I wanted to go for. And I wanted to go for uh, kind of a glow. So uh, a little bit of object source lighting. So that's where you, you make like glowy eyes and things. Um, so the idea is with the army that they're in the dark. Um, it's not pitch blackness, blackness. They're in the dark. They're kind of shaded almost. Um, and all you can see is the glow of their eyes, which is the green glow, which I've done with Waywatcher Green. Um, the silver of their weapons, which are painted normally, highlighted up. And the blood of their foes, which is Tamiya Clear Red, um, kind of done as streaks on the weapons. So that's what I wanted to do for the army. Um, and the basing, you, you need a good contrast. And as Chris Tomlin says, you need to make sure that it feels part of the model as well. Um, I originally basically just completely copied Aaron Bailey's um, original Legion of Night um, basing he did for his Ninth Horn. So basically, Sand Shore um, left the base just flat painted it uh, at blue hues faded it out put some water effect over the top looked really good so i did the blue didn't really work it kind of worked some people liked it i don't think it was quite right because i had red green and blue so the palette was too yeah. strong um so i was really happy to say that i think it was actually tom hewitt um who suggested maybe going for the it might be ben chalk as well saying go for the green of the glow which i tried and again, it's such a fun thing to do it when you, you can have feedback because I did the green. So I mixed in uh, the base coat gray color, which is a Mechanica standard gray with uh, with some of the gauze blaster, which is which is a really which is like the green highlight color I use for eyes and things yeah. for the glow. Um, just very simply, just uh, I think it was two to one mix of those two. That was the base coat, then airbrushed gauze blaster around kind of the shore. So it almost kind of gives a natural glow against the sand as well and i was happy with that but then someone else said i think again one of those lads i just mentioned do a, do a glaze looks too bright do the way watch a glaze over the top did that put the water effects on which is the same as my cathergal army super chuffed like i am so pleased with this army to me having it and playing with it it's just been it's just just been brilliant um and what it allows me to do again it's talking about techniques and just being clever with painting I've got an army I know I can now use for the rest of the year. And as I want to change it up to be, you know, to keep competitive in in games, I can add to that without having to spend a week or 
two to three evenings painting a model, a single model or a unit, to then take it to the next event. So I can really expand out my collection. And the plan is to have everything in the Deepkin, you know, everything in the Deepkin Army painted in that scheme, which for me is, you know, brilliant. So I, I'm super chuffed and it's a bit divisive. Obviously, I know you guys have your own your own thoughts on concept armies. Yeah, but I personally, I like yours. Um, I think the potentially, if I was doing it, I would have pushed the green a little bit more on the glow, yeah. on the just a little bit brighter. Um, but I think the the idea behind this is a is a good idea, and I think it works well. Um, I'd be interested to see what you do with some of the, especially if you decide at some point to do an idle on. How you how you go about that? Idols on the list, and I think um, it seems to be that I'm going to go with the cloaks. Going to be the watercolor and work up. Oh, that'd be so nice. So work up into the grey. Luckily, an airbrush allows yeah. that to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, going back to the glow uh, again, agree with you. I could definitely push um, the glow a lot more. There are elements where I am going to. So a lot of them at the moment are the way watcher glaze. Yeah, um, I think I'd potentially go a little bit over the top with the Ghost Blaster, maybe. Yeah, well, some of them just, have the highlights where they're, they're prominent, where you have an eye that you can paint in the Ghost Blaster, they have that. Um, yeah. But I'm going to do a couple more washers, a few more glazes with a way watcher and kind of work the Ghost Blaster in very gently on some of those to make them pop. But I'm very wet. I don't want what I don't want. I don't want that too strong. Um, yeah. I, I also don't want... So um, Dave Fraser on Twitter sent me loads of photos um, of armies that had followed a similar theme particularly in eighth but they were similar concept but they were using it was almost like a reason to use a very strong osl effect which is not what i wanted i wanted them to be gloomy so the the light shouldn't really go that far you know you look you look at an anglerfish you know actually at the bottom of the ocean that light it doesn't project very well. It doesn't seem very strong. It's a pinprick. And as you get closer, it gets brighter. So I didn't want the the models to be illuminated. Yeah, I think it might be, um, you could potentially do some very subtle OSL coming up from the water. So like, if you imagine the moonlight reflecting back off the water up mm-hmm. onto the model. So it's where it's, where they're on the, the, so the, their feet close to the water's edge might have a little green glow that's, so, so it makes it like it's interacting with the base. Sure. Possibly. Luckily, luckily that does happen a bit because of the way that I have them, the bases with the airbrush, so that yeah. anything close to the shore does get that colour. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I've been up to. I'm happy to say I, I've I've completed a 2,000 point army in 2019 already. Um, and I will be using that going forward. You know, that that's my army for, for the events for, for the foreseeable future. Um, still have another army, so I've pretty much got a Stormcast army there. Uh, need a little bit of work on my Carajon to get that up to 2,000 points. Um, and I've got my Cathurgal army as well, so I've got, you know, I've got plenty to fall back on. Um, but I do want to ask Rob, I know he's, uh, he's had some interesting comments on the old concept armies in the past. You got any thoughts around my concept army? I think it looks really good. Um... I've never never had an issue with them. Well, uh, I would like to say, um, army looks like just a when you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think I just think um, like or not for a reason, but when they've got like a bit of um, you know, like you know, it's perfect for like you said for an Eshian army or um, you know, like with with yours, you know, with it, them being set underwater. That's how they would look if you saw them underwater. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That's how they would look. And, you know, um, sometimes you can, I know, 
Um, it's funny, I know obviously Tim did his session, but I remember um, talk, speaking to Byron, you know, like this way back at the Ming Invitationals, which is kind of the birth, you know, sort of birthplace of our, of our three sort of getting together. Um, but, you know, speaking to Byron about, you know, perhaps doing in, in his initial thoughts of doing an army and perhaps like a Sin City theme, you know, black and white with red. And I know sort of Russ kind of took that idea with his with his corn blood bound as well with the blood splatters and stuff. And you know, when it you know, the execution, you know, some you know, the execution's good. I mean it but yeah, I mean I I just it's just not something I don't know, I just it, like I would quite like to do one in you know, perhaps sometime down the line to to see if I could do one well, if that makes sense. Um Puzzle <clears throat> Puzzle to shame. No, 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 God no. Um, but the, uh, you know, I, I think you know, if people, it's a good way, like you said, it's a good way of getting, you know, um, armies on. You know, if you want to focus on the gaming, it's a good way of getting an army on quick and you know, adding units. You know, you know, sort of taking a weekend to add a unit here or there or whatever, whatever, however long it takes. I think, um, you know, if, if if you go about it and you put some thought into it, and you know, you you sort of. Uh, have these sort of techniques and sort of effects that make sense to the to the theme and the narrative that you do it and you know it's all good I think just when you can you I think what I'm trying to make is you can tell when someone's done you know approached it in the right not the right way but in in the sort of in the context of being a narrative army and doing it perhaps for a reason you know yes you've got the added bonus of being quick and effective um as opposed to someone that's just done it to get a tape, get an army on the table quickly. Mm. I think those, you know, those do, the differences do stand out. I mean, I know um, uh, Joe Purcell's, uh, his squire were really nice as well. And that was, again, you know, you've got the warp stuff, you know, it makes sense, doesn't it? You've got the, the Skaven sort of living underground and all sort of shadowy and you've got the, you know, the warp stone weapons, you know, very similar to, I, I never saw Tim's action uh, army, sorry, I don't think I've even seen pictures of it, so I wouldn't be able to comment. But, um, you know, when it's done, I guess, for I say, the right reasons, I'm doing bunny quote, bunny years sort of to, to do that. But you see, I'm trying to, I don't know if I'm making sense when I say the right reason, but when someone's got like a narrative theme or, you know, to do it, I, I don't think doing what you that you perhaps have done on a different army would, would make sense. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, it might make, you know, perhaps using a different colour palette would make sense on a completely different army, given, you know, their narrative or their background, you know? It, it's tough because it's, I, I think that line between um, kind of someone approaching it um, for a, I don't know, kind of more for a kind of concept idea. Um, I think it's one of those that some people can look at it and go, oh, actually, you know what? That's a really quick way. I can just dry brush that all grey. It's a really quick way of doing the army. And it will it will be difficult for some people to see the difference between those two armies and kind of more the... They're very much kind of how you do them in the execution kind of, kind of armies. And it's... I, I find it quite an interesting... It's quite an interesting kind of conversation to have with people, and I've, I find it interesting the comments that you get back. Like I said, it's quite divisive. I mean, there are people who just I just don't like it. I just, it's not painted. Yeah, so I think concept is, is, and it is. I think concept is still the right terminology for it. I mean, I I kind of covered it at painting masters. I think there there is a, a big thing about it being used in a, in a negative way, um, and there are other armies out there that use it and. 
I think for me as well, talking about the miniatures, there's actually an element of the miniature range being right. So Deepkin are 100% a great army for it. They are hyper detailed, as Byron would say, modern miniatures. They have loads of sharp edges, loads of details. So they take a dry brush, you know, really, really well. Um, and just quickly, if people are interested, I have tweeted this as well, but the way I approach mine, it was a nice straightforward uh, uh, technique. So I used my ever favorite um, Halfords Grey Primer. Now that's pretty close to Mechanica Standard Grey as well, so you can do touch-ups with that. Then I used my airbrush to spray uh, Vallejo Black uh, from underneath. Now when I'm talking about spraying, I mean, you technically speaking could grab a spray can of black and you could use that. But what you'll find is you'll just get a flat kind of splotchy coverage. Now, I really did want to get a bit of a fade going. So it was a case of kind of I did an initial squirt and then maybe went yeah. 45 degrees, did a, did a very gentle spray. Sorry, and I'm such a child. You are a child. <laughs> and then you can see where where the paint's hitting. And then with the airbrush, because one thing with the airbrush is that, you you know, if you've got if you've got a decent airbrush, you, you can actually get pretty damn close to the model. So you can just start focusing. You kind of work up the shade a little bit. So you can see that bit needs to be a bit darker. That needs to be a bit darker. Oh, I want to get a fade on this. I'm going to underspray under his chin so it highlights his, his cheek muscles and stuff. So you can do that all with the black. So but on a very basic level, literally what I did was spray underneath and then at a 45 degree angle uh, with white uh, with black. Now, what I have done in the past, I've then gone to white and then done the same. But I decided to leave that out because I didn't want that massive contrast. I didn't want black to white on the whole model. I wanted gloom. I wanted to bring the white down. So they were more on the, the grey scale and then the black was the darkest point. So what I then did was I used uh, Vallejo, I think it was light grey air and dry brushed that across the model. Now it's quite air, air paint, quite thin. Um, so it was really a case of getting that makeup brush, getting all the paint off it and just gently just giving them a quick light dry brush all over and then finish that off with exactly the same with white scar. But again, really, really thin. And the reason why it's sort of really, really light and the reason why I use white scar over the other paints is that I find ceramide white can clump and there's nothing worse than thinking you've got it all off and you just dry brush your model and you've just got these white streak straight across your model it's fucking horrible so i always use quite thin paints now for my dry brushing with the with the makeup brushes um then i did to bring it all together so in the past again that white dry brush has been the last thing i've done but i did a 50 50 glaze i used uh, vallejo glaze medium but you can use lamia medium i just happen to be out of um lamia medium uh, and null and oil um and did that all over the models that was it that was the main colors done Glow was done with the Waywatcher Glow, uh, Waywatcher, I think it is Waywatcher Glow. Waywatcher Green. Waywatcher Green, yeah, of course. Yeah. I painted all the halves of the weapons black because I wanted some negative space in there, just to kind of break them up slightly. Um, and then the weapons are just, just painted silver, basically, just lead belcher, washed, highlighted, and the bloody little streaks of uh, Tammy Clear Red. And I've mentioned the bases. And, and that's it. And it doesn't sound like that much, but... You know, I've 57 models of which 40 are infantry. I've got 30 thralls and 10 reavers. Still a lot of models to paint and all the basing and magnetizing all the basing. The, the time all adds up. So it was definitely efficient, but it wasn't it wasn't a quick project. But I would definitely encourage people if they're interested, do try it out. Try different colors as well. Um, you know, they'll certainly work. It's not a million miles away to how I painted things like my Blood Angels in the past um, without the dry brushing. Just been just with the airbrushing side of things. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's that's my hobby. I speed painted a 
sweet army that I won curtain masters with, <laughs> which was pretty good. Um, nice. Yeah, big chat. On that filth train for 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Look, no one's saying deep kind of filth. That's what daughters are for. No, doing, no, no. I mean, I, I, doing I, I an army of them as well. Um, it's quite nice to to um, to see sort of armies get done and oh and, God. Um, you know it's sort of like it's been very tempting. I've been kind of looking at. I was thinking, oh, you know, do I do I you know just quickly do a, a sort of tabletop standard? You know, looking at I, I was, I've been thinking about it. Do you know what I mean doing the table, just having a like a gaming army? Um, but then for me, that kind of you know. It's, uh, yeah, you know, if I, I, I if I did a tabletop standard on the Stormcast Army or Caradron Army, you know, I could have I could have spent that time painting like one leg as is instead of of uh, the the dragon that I'm going to be painting um, for the Siege Army as well. So uh, um, I think just any time sort of spent, you know, I think once I'm in a position where I've perhaps got this project done, like the Zinc chart, the Zinc Archeon slash list. Um, you know, maybe you know before I kick in to you know whatever presents itself next, whether that be the good Archaeon Stormcast list or whatever you know Light or Shadow Elves turn you know, turn out to be, um, you know I might do something. But then again, I, I get very little chance to sort of go to events and tournaments that you know maybe I'm sort of maybe it's a, a fool's errand, you know, to doing a quick army like that because I just I wouldn't take you know I'd want to show off the the cool sort of um, other armies that I've done, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's there's something to be said, which we'll get onto in a second. When you finish an amazing model, and I've had this with my, my Zinch, and being 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 a gamer, you know, I've been like, yeah, I've done my six Skyfires, and you're like, ace, now I just need to do the rest of the army. You know, it's, yeah. <laughs> you know there's that element of yeah. being able to do something and be able to use it straight away is, is phenomenal. It's one of the reasons why... I've really enjoyed games like Infinity and Star Wars. Like you can literally paint the releases as they come out, and you can slot slot them in and slot them out your army. So there's a lot to be said for that. And one thing I'll always say is, a painted miniature, no matter what standard it's painted to, is a million times more preferable than bare plastic. It really, it, like in my totally. eyes, entirely is. What I wanted to do very very quickly is I mentioned the curtain masters because we're going to get onto the main section of this podcast episode which is going to be mr ellis talking about something very specific that's just happened recently um i want to give a shout out to curtain games who have been our sponsor uh, over the last um god it's getting on years now um we they held the curtain games uh, masters which is brilliant it's all off the back of what chris tomlin's been doing uh, we're all doing the local masters so they decided to invite the people that came one to third and their last couple of events up to their store for a free masters event which is brilliant Unfortunately, it was when we had that horrible snowy weather a little bit after, so there were some last-minute dropouts. It was full attendance beforehand, but I wanted to say super thanks to those guys for putting that one. Absolute blast. Got to take my deepkin. Um, Rich Morley won uh, Best Army there with his newly finished Nighthorn Army. Check them out on Twitter. Uh, Paul Buckler got a shout-out as well, and Mike uh, with his Slanesh came third, so it was a good it was a good one for the Doggers. Um, and I took out the actual event myself, so I'm the Curtain Master. Woo! with my um, <laughs> Deepkin Army painted in a week, which I'm really happy with. Loved playing with it as well. So shout out to those guys. So please do check them out for all your 
um, AOS and everything else um, hobby, uh, you know, now and in the future. So it's cursinggames.co.uk. And I'm happy to announce that if you use the code PROPAINTED, all lowercase, it gives you an extra 5% off GW products. Uh, products. That includes pre-orders. So do see me putting tweets out because they do the usual 15 to 20% off um, new releases. You'll get an extra 5% off on those guys. And the fact that they also do free postage on, I think it's, I think it's 50 quid. So it's, it's 30 quid lowest for some of the other, some of the other people out there. So you can get some right bargains on pre-order day. Yeah. I've, um, I've picked up some of the gloom spike get stuff from Kurt then. And yeah, it's brilliant. Came nice and quick and well packaged and lovely and it's all good. And it was because of the, um, I didn't buy everything because he had the um, had the option to buy him more dribs and drabs because of the postage. Yeah, which yeah, is you, it's all good. You don't have that eighty quid. Oh, I'll I'll pop it up to eighty quid because I get free postage there. Yeah, postage. Their waiting's less. So yeah, do, please do go and check them out. And because there's a code there now, you get your five percent off. But it also means those guys see you know who's going to curtain via via our shout out really so it reflects really well on us and keeps that relationship going for the future so um even if you've got another supplier you love using but you like listening to the podcast and you want to give us a little bit of a little bit of a tickle cheeky tickle a little bit of a nudge you know going to those guys and using using that code is fantastic so please go and check them out um so with curtain mentioned some of my favorite people we then move on to mr ellis who is happy to announce the birth <coughs> of the second <laughs> child. Yay! Yay! He's, he's fi- finally done. Finally done. How um, many weeks overdue? Uh, oh, I said I was going to get it done by the end of January. <laughs> that was my latest deadline, so one yeah. week. Yeah, which, no, which year? Yeah. Um, <laughs> initially it was South, wasn't it South Coast GT the year before last? <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no. It was South Coast GT 2018. Uh, that was going to get done for because I, I, I started. Although um, a bit of history, and we probably covered this already. It was a conversion that I kind of sort of in, inspired by um, just fiddling around in my bits box, and Where? I, I kind of it, it it kind of ground to a halt. Um, I think because me and Ian got back into 40k. Uh, I think it was around about the time, that, just before the gen, first General's Handbook came out. Um, so it was kind of everything was a little bit, you know, a bit of disillusionment going on with, um, with, you know, no points and all the rest of it. And we 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 got into 40k for a bit, didn't we? Ian? And um, we did, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that that kind of got put um, the okay. project got put to one side. But then um, it was after Facehammer 2017. Um, that I, I got back into it, and it was the, the I think it was the Monday that I was off. That I showed uh, afterwards. I showed off the first sort of work in progress picture of of the of the build. Um, so yeah, that would have been about a year and a half ago now that you know I've I've been working on it. I will say this does sound a little bit like you're giving like a tribunal, a tribunal, like an inquest. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, yes, you're Jeremy. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Or Judge Judy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking Jeremy Kyle. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, a, a lot's uh, a lot's happened. Um, you know, I've, obviously, I, I've, I've become a dad in the in the meantime. Um, 
I, shorter uh, gestation so yeah, period. Yeah, sure. Yes, definitely. Um, I've been promoted. I've changed, you know, changed my job role and all the rest of it. So, um, you know, there has been slight reasons for it, but the main thing was that, you know, I, I know I've probably mentioned it before. There are elements to certainly a lot of elements to my mixed order army um, that, you know, looking at, although, you know, it's received lovely feedback and all the rest of it, there were bits on it that, you know, I know I rushed and I didn't want to have the same sort of, you know, there are probably bits on it that looking back at Bellacore, there's, um, there's little sort of bits and bobs that, you know, I look back on and think, oh, you know, I think that what I would have done to, to make it quicker was um, to understand the, the build more, um, if that makes sense. It's like where, when, you know, with, with more complex models in, in the future, I'll probably build them so they they can be subassembled, if that makes sense. Whereas um, sort of Bellacore, although his you know his uh, the weapon wasn't attached and his orb hand wasn't attached and his head wasn't attached, the rest of the body was. And getting to certain parts of that, like the spikes on the legs and stuff, to paint all the striations, was an absolute bugger because just because of the way it was modelled and how like certain things are in the way of other things. And, and I mean, it's made me, I think it's made me a slightly better painting because I've had to sort of, you know, my brush control has gotten a lot better, um, you know, and having a bit more patience with sort of going back and, you know, if I'm painting a certain colour, making sure I've got the the layer that I used before that to hand as well, just to cover up any mistakes. I think it's, you know, perhaps made me a better painter. I certainly think it's probably the best thing that I've painted so far. Um and yeah, just you know, it's just nice that it's done, and you know, I can move on. You know, I've got the moving on to Cairo Acolytes, uh, the Egrim conversion that I've done. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving that to be the last thing that I that I paint in the army, um, and I think that'll be a bit more straightforward, simply because it's a colour scheme and and that it's already replicated on a model being Kairos. Um, you know, and it's it's just a lot. I've said it before, but it's a lot harder to paint a a scratch build, as it were, when you haven't got, you know, you might convert something to an extent, but you still know roughly what that, you know, you convert a Stormcast, but still, you're still going to paint it like a Stormcast. Yeah. Whereas a Bellacore, there's a lot of elements that I was, I was coming up with from the ground up. And I, you know, I know they don't listen to the podcast and it'd be awesome if they did, but, you know, shout, you know, big thanks to some of the heavy metal guys and some of the army painter guys that I know have given me some tips and hints on, you know, sort of how to approach a lot of those things. So yeah, it just it just I'm 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 happy that it's come together. I you know, uh, you guys have obviously you know seen it now. So yeah, what do you, what do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I think what we need to clarify is, and um, just to reiterate, Rob has finished Bellacore. <laughs> In, oh, right, yeah. I did that. In, I, insert solitary noises here. So who won the sweepstakes things? Didn't we run a competition like the second episode out or something? I don't think about I, which episode. I don't think anyone was winning number. that. No. <laughs> winning those sweepstakes. <laughs> but yeah, no, mm. ma- massive, massive congratulations. Um, and I think our listeners can probably tell that, you know, you were talking there like a proud, but very exhausted father who's who's been subjected to at least a two-week period in the delivery room um as bellacore has 
tried his damnedness not to not not to come out that birthing canal that is your yeah i mean your there was just, garage. the thing is yeah i mean I, there were so many i mean it's just it's ridiculous There's, there were so many sort of you know there was the the often often lamented uh sawdust uh sawdust gate there was the you know the the, the bloody orb that has gone through three different sort of iterations of of how it was going to look um and then painted god knows how many times I, you know one of the main reasons i i sort of i ordered another uh, for those who didn't know the the hand that's holding the orb is the one from the vermin lord kit i guess it's quite obvious when you look at it but um i'd repainted this the second orb that i'd done i'd repainted it so many times that these um it looks like he'd had an allergic reaction on the fingers. Like I didn't know I hadn't on the on the orb itself because it's sort of like quite organic flames. He didn't notice the paint layers building up, but on the on his I just looked at the hand one day. I was like Christ, you know, it's, it looks like he's been eating some bad shrimp because he's uh, a <laughs> hand, reaction. He, yeah, his hand's swollen up. And it's like he just looked, you know, he looked terrible. So I thought, well, if that's any, you know, I, I did try and strip it, but. Um, you know, with there being so much green stuff on there, uh, you know, pro tip, don't, you know, chuck a heavily green stuff, put something into into a load of, uh, into some debt or bio strip because it will oh, yeah, just turn just... the green green stuff to mush. Um, so that's, that wasn't a good look. So, and I, I think the, 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 the um, again, painting it and, you know, again, another pro tip, don't put too much uh, flow improver into your, into your paints. One drop per, big mix of paint is more than enough not one drop per airbrush cup um because the paint will just rather than stick it will form like a film over over the over the area that you're trying to paint so then when you go and like try and layer over the top of it it just pushes the film around um and that that was uh <laughs> brilliant that, just, that, like, saw, an, like an oil spill yes yeah and it, it was it was um yeah so lots you know the the thing with the wings and and all the rest of it and, and redoing them and yeah it's uh, uh you know it wasn't straightforward as, as much as we you know joke about you know the times taken to paint there had been quite a few setbacks so i think it's uh it's it's, it's like and i know if it, i know we must feel like doing up a classic car or something you know when you sort of like someone like yeah, i have to expect that guy from grand designs to pop his head around the door every two weeks to see how, how the build was going. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, you know, week 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 twenty five. Yeah. Uh, Rob Rob, the bank won't loan any more <laughs> more money to buy Eshin Grey. Fifty you know what I mean? grand over um, budget. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's had to order some more bits from a bit site. You know, he's he's on his fourth credit card. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was quite it was quite eventful. Um, you know, and obviously that you know I, I know that. I've, there has been a there has been an oversaturation of, of work in progress stuff that I put on Twitter. I you know I have dialed it back, um, you know, in recent times. Um, but part of I mean part of that was because it was such a, a pain in the bum that that I needed that extra motivation a lot of time. Do you know what I mean? That 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 you know all the nice comments that people um, have, have given me over, over the last eighteen months or so, you know, really have helped me help spur me. Uh, to, to sort of get it completed and you know it, it may seem that it's been a bit counterproductive putting out so many work in progress when I finally put the pictures out but um, you know I can't thank people enough for for doing that you know for for, for helping and, and saying all the nice things that they've said so yeah po- 
positive comments are are key, I think, and definitely in a lot of hobby. Yeah, yeah, especially given how much of a pain pain in the arse it was to actually do. Um, you know, it's, it's, it has been has been nice to be spurred on by the community. So thank thank you to everyone. And that's it. And that's so that is the end of the pro painted podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I mean, next on, like I said, the next on the table, uh, you know, I've already done the, um, you know, sort of got them ready for painting is uh, twenty chirotacolites. I've um, I've given myself February to do those. I think I'll get them done in rather short order. I mean, the the, the biggest one of the other things with Bellacore is I've never painted something that big in that much detail with a lot of the sort of the skin texture and the highlights and the blending, and you know, and, and again, that's what took a lot of time. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure painting a, you know, I've, I've already sort of looked at a few guides for painting um, pyric acolytes, and there are a few, you know, given the, the nature of the models, there are a few little shortcuts that you can can take here and there. And, you know, I think I'll get them done in no time, to be honest. Um, having painted chirocolytes, you won't get them done in no time. But in comparison to Bellacore, it would be. It would yeah, seem like no time. It would be like humanity's existence on the planet in comparison to the dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be the last five minutes. Um, but yeah, so I, 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 you know, I'm looking forward to other things. I'm, you know, it's nice to. I'm sure there'll be sort of. I look in, you know, back in in three or four months and think, oh, you know, that could do with an extra highlight here and there, and you know, maybe, uh, you know, I'm not obviously going to disassemble them and start painting them again, but. Um, you know, I've already had a little bit of feedback about the base, perhaps, and it's just it's little things like that that I can do, you know, that won't take two seconds to do, do you know what I mean? Because they're, they're straightforward and they're stuff that I've done on other parts of the model. So, um, you know, before he's, you know, before he gets, you know, the the aim is to take the finished army to face hammer. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, putting him down and, and walking away from it and then coming back in a couple of months' time to sort of see if there's any little bits and bobs, little, you know, little a highlight here or a little push you know there you know it might get done but then again you know i'll I'll have i'll be probably fixated with another project and and be getting on with that but there's um the majority of the other stuff is is either built or you know like egrim's the the dragon for egrim the the conversion i did out the carmine dragon that's all all the basic blendings done on it he's base coated so he's ready to go um you know, again, like all the other stuff, like the Chirocacolites and the Enlightened Corn Summoner, the Familiars, um, and the Pink Horrors and the other horrors, you know, yeah, they're not going to, you know, be easy to paint to the standard that I want to paint them, but they're going to be straightforward. You know, there's a big difference between something, take, you know, being easy and being quick. You know, straightforward can take just as long, but as long as it's straightforward, and I don't have to, you can almost autopilot it a little bit. Um you know, which I, I, I struggle to do with Bellacore, I think. Yeah, it's not something that you, you've ever... As, as I said to you, I mean, probably my biggest compliment to Bellacore is just, it's incomparable. I don't... What what do you compare it to? Even when you're looking at it, like... It's, it's like seeing GW's gone, here's the new Archeon sculpt, and you're like, oh, it's amazing. But you can at least look at it, look at the old Archeon and go, yeah, see how cool this is in comparison. Like, there's nothing to compare that model to. Yeah, well, thank, I mean, I think that, you know, if you look, if you take away the base, then you've probably got some of the, 
the stuff that they've done. I mean, I, I don't want to put it in this, you know, perhaps the Primarchs, maybe, in as far as the, the sort of the Elmi, I, I don't sort of consider it to be as well sort of composed as those models, but I think, you know, perhaps Mortarian, maybe, um, as far as, you know, a big winged guy who's off the ground and, and all the rest of it, I think it's probably, and that, that's, that's kind of where, you know, the, uh, I don't like any of the Forge World Primarchs. I think they're all dog shit. No, Mortarian, the, the 40k one. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. That's fine. I'll let you off. You can have him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, something like that. It's a big, you know, big wingspan. Yeah, but again, I don't, I don't think I'm quite explaining it well. Like, But that's a GW model. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, a one-off non-stock model. Yeah. It's It's... It's one of these things where you look at it, and I know where a lot of the parts have come from. But when I look at it, I know I don't spot where they've come from. So it, it all melds together so well, and it's it's just a testament to your skill, I think, that it's is is bits from all 40k AOS. Various, yeah, all, various, all different things, and it yeah, all comes together. It's, it's, it all comes together, but it all comes together, and nothing stands out as not meant to be there. Yeah, it's I think it's, that, like, it's hard to put your finger on exactly why. Yeah, when GW talk about, uh, well, I know in the past when they've talked about golden demons and things, uh, you know, it's something that they do factor as a consideration: is would this exist? Does this fit? Does this fit in the yeah. AOS world? Does this fit in 40k? And the answer, I think, unequivocally with Bellacore is, yeah, that's that is Bellacore the Ascendant. That could be a GW model. Yeah, just wait, just wait until they bring out the fucking pr- demon prince version of fucking Ab- Abaddon for this yeah. campaign. You yeah, still look like this, after, this evening on uh, the LVO. <laughs> <laughs> Two o'clock tonight. <laughs> Two o'clock tonight. Yeah. Wake up, wake up tomorrow, distraught, Rob. Oh fuck! Can you imagine? I was already looking at the. Um, <laughs> do you know? Do you know? Do you know? What I did. I did uh, look at and for the. For, it was more for the base, but where where the crater is, and you've got like the energy coming out and the sort of the, um, you know, the the bits of the realm gate suspended. Those um, uh, is it null holes? Oh yeah. The scenery for the Skaven, just yeah. the sort of swirly bit in the middle of that, would have worked quite well. But then. I guess it would, you know. I think, I think what you know, the way I've, I've gone about it is is cool. And you know, like I said, it's, it's all 100% GW stuff, either that or or green stuff or milliput. So it's, there's no third party stuff in there. So uh, oh, did, did, GW, did GW sell milliput now? No, well, oh, no, no. Uh, oh, yeah, maybe. Um, but then you've got, um, like you said, uh, well, I'll tell you what, there's enough fucking paper clips in the bastard as well to you'd be able to bind your whole things you know all your homework with um but yeah i think uh, what you said in the in the whatsapp chat ian about doing a, i know i did it sort of a, a rough breakdown but um like a full list of of what was actually um used would be quite you no know, it'd, it'd probably it'd probably take me a bit of time to, to sort of go back and actually Shocker. I think, oh, you know, th- there's bits there. I mean, the, 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 there's there's even stuff, and uh, be uh, a little bit of a, uh, a quiz when the pictures go up. There's even stuff on him from the Ogre Kingdom's range or the Gutbusters range, as they're called now. 
so it'd be interesting to see if people can spot where that's come from too yeah maybe we should do a competition the person who sends the most complete list of <laughs> yeah. components yeah 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 be, can, can have him um yeah he's no, mostly yeah. just give him away yeah yeah, yeah. Raffling, raffling off. <laughs> no, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to. I mean, I, you know, I'm looking forward to um, you know, doing the the Gaunt Summoner, especially and the, the little familiars. Um, obviously, I want to do the. Uh, I don't think I don't know if we spoke about it on the last episode, but um, I'm I'm going to be doing a. Uh, I've got a a Sigvald uh, conversion, sort of in a similar vein to to Bellacor, bringing him into the more AOS kind of. AUSE vibe, um, but I'm going to be doing him um, for Face Hammer for the single miniature cool. uh, thing. So that'll be something that you know will be sort of slow burn, although it's only one single miniature um, in the background. Whilst you know, just something so that I can take a break from doing the army. Um, and, I, and there's also uh, my dad wanted. He's 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 my, my dad's uh, very much into um, sort of martial arts and stuff. And for Christmas, I bought him a, a samurai bust. Um, Busty I'm samurai. Of, yeah. So no, not like a, probably one of those, you know, I don't know, like fucking manga anime type things. A bust of a samurai. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm going to be, uh, I'll be painting that as well, and I'll be very, um, quite interesting to sort of use perhaps different te- some different techniques. I know a lot of, uh, you know, when you get to that kind of scale, you know, I think some of the some of the stuff that I've done with Bellacorn as far as doing the blends on bigger areas and stuff like that, um, you know, will help with that. And, um, yeah, it'd be, be interesting as a little bit of a side project as well. But I, I've mapped it all out. Everything's a go. You know, I've given myself a, a month um, per unit now, uh, between now and um, Face Hammer. So, yeah, it should be, uh, should be all good now that I've got him, got Bellacor out of the way. Awesome. Well, fantastic. Congratulations. Um, I'm more excited by that than the birth of your daughter. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allowed to say that because people know I, no, I'm not into the whole kids thing. Oh, no. well, I think, I think to yeah. allow our fans a, um, a little break, I think I think we need need a, a break there, I think, to be honest, to reassess our lives. I'm going to go and pop the champagne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so we'll take a break. Back in a minute. Boing! And welcome, <laughs> welcome back. Um, so as we've not been on the air for a little while, I thought we'd do some listener questions. So we did a little bit of a shout out. Um, there are some extra ones I've got to kind of carry forward for a future episode. Now, my voice is going to shit. So unfortunately we're probably gonna have to rely on you guys for all the answers to this i'll I'll kind of pitch in where i can okay so the first one we had actually straight off the bat um and ian's actually had a bit of a shit experience so sorry to rub it in paul buckler any tips for undercoating spraying models in the colder weather um yes find that generally the gw ones are okay if you use them properly and give them a very good shake. Um, And I tend to try to do it in, I tend not to go outside. Um, I do it in like a, well, yeah, 
generally <laughs> busy got a busy hobby life from now. Um I tend to go into either like a garage or like a um somewhere that's inside but not indoors. You just go in your neighbour's garage. Well yeah. Oi, look, fucking Gilmore's in the garage again. <laughs> Fuck off Ian. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I think it's the GW ones are generally fine. Just need yeah. to um, close spraying in the um, the current cold weather, and the black was fine, white was fine, silver was fine, grey was fine, no problems. Just the um, yellow, yellow, yeah. So yeah, so cool. yeah, just use GW and not worry about it. Rob, anything to add? Yeah, um, I can't remember where I I, I uh. I can't remember where I heard it, but I heard it recently, and I think um, I was listening. I've got on, it was uh, on another podcast. It was the um, uh, Forge Narrative podcast, which is uh, the one uh, 40k podcast um, that's hosted by a guy called Paul Murphy, who's a who's a really good guy and. Um, he do a lot, obviously do a lot of 40k coverage, but they do a lot of they do they've started to dip their toe into AOS. They had a guy on. Um, they have a towards the uh, end of the podcast. They always have like a hobby tips kind of segment, and they go through sort of different sort of things, you know, um, sort of uh, just hobby tips basically in terms of speed up your painting and whatnot. And um, they had a guy on. I can't remember his full name, but on if you search YouTube under Miniac. Um, he does uh, a lot of um, YouTube videos, which are really quite helpful. He's, he's a decent painter as well. He's, he's and enters into golden demons and stuff. Um, but he said about a lot of time when you when you uh, get frosting on a figure, which happens to you know it's happened to me in the past. Um, I know it's it's, it's usually uh, a big sort of you know it's, it's one of the main sort of things that the sort of times it will fuck up when you're undercoated and you get that kind of chalky kind of finish a lot of time um i don't know if it's him or someone else so apologies if i've got the reference wrong but um it's when the it's when what you're spraying and the spray that you're spraying it with are two different temperatures so it's when the either the the spray is too cold and it will hit the air and it will uh go cold yeah when, once it makes contact with the miniature, so um, if both your your can is cold and your miniature is cold, so if you you know if you're in a in a in your sort of in your shed or whatever, and it's usually fine. Or if they're both indoors, it's usually fine. It's when you've been working like you've been sort of sat there in your hobby room in your house, all nice and warm, and you get your miniature and you go outside with your, your spray can that you that you uh, keep in the garage or whatnot, and then you go and spray it. And that's, that's that can that it's not a you know it's not the you know it's not, not the be all and end all it's not sort of a solution to every, all the problems but usually that that can be one of the culprits as well so it's worth considering to either bring your paints bring your spray cans in for a bit and let them get to the same temperature as the uh, as the models that you're going to be spraying. See, my um, I think that sounds very wise because one of the things I I actually do is I always always. Um, any can before I go out to spray or maybe spray in the, spray in the conservatory, I pop it down my pants for about half an hour. Um, <laughs> nice. Nice. You, you laugh. Just, this, this is, just, just, no, is it yeah, just as, 
just as a little treat for you. Yeah, this is a yeah. this is a genuine <laughs> this is a genuine tip. Genuine tip. Oh, no, poppy don't fancy it warms the can up. Um, yeah. I you want to you want to shake it vigorously and excessively. Um, and I mean the spray can. Um, <laughs> and I mean it like when you finish shaking it, and you're like, oh, my yeah, hand's actually yeah. a bit. I need keep shaking it. And also, yeah. and also, yeah. don't actually just shake shake the can up and down. Give it kind of a little, a little bit of side to side motion while you're doing it as well. Because what you'll find sometimes is that it doesn't. This is particularly relevant because I will not use the GW coloured sprays anymore. I will not use them um, because they fuck up so often. And that's because you notice sometimes when you when you actually spray it, you almost get two colours coming out. Uh, and that's because it's not mixed together properly. And I think that's just the flaw with the coloured sprays is no matter what you do they just don't mix well. It's like having too much thinner in a paint when you're trying to paint. You can just see it start to separate. It's like when you get a, when you go to a, when you get a soft drink at a pub and there's the syrup and the soda water, yeah, you can see them thing. come out and they mix in the glass. And yeah, yeah. I think um, the other thing as well is a, a quick tip is to, um, to, uncl- to when you, when you're giving it a good old shake uh, is to give it a couple of blasts upside down. Yeah. Um, just to uh, clear it out. And your first spray should never go on walls. No. Test it as well, yeah. Test it on a bit of cardboard or whatever. And if you want to use something which is almost bulletproof with sprays, just use the Halford stuff. It's so good. It's designed for cars. It's designed to be just flawless, so it takes an awful lot less maintenance. Yeah. I also um, shake the cans intermittently when I'm actually using them. So if I'm doing a lot of sp- if I'm doing a lot to spray in, yeah. like a lot of undercoating one go, just you know, give it a quick shake. Uh, I you thought, all oh, right, I thought you meant like just on the way out to work. You're like, oh, I not use my, oh no, 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 not use my, no, my I don't, I don't red t- spray for a while. I, just give that a little shake. Ju- yeah, I don't just randomly shake them without using them. No. <laughs> okay, all right. That's not, honestly, that's where my mind went. You just guys, guys, you're shaking his cane again. <laughs> <laughs> That, that might be the way to keep it mixed, you know, every day, shake your cans. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, that could be that could be a good. Don't let it settle. Give it a shake. But so, yeah. well, Paul, I hope that helps. And basically was saying, make sure your can's warm. Make sure. And actually, it's what Rob was saying. I, I actually completely agree. Have everything in the same place so the temperature is equalized. So have your model because also it's the same with models. It's it's tempting to take the models out and go oh, spray them in a bit. And then you get your nice warm spray, your nice warm can, you go and spray some cold models and you'll have the same thing. So just get yep. everything to the same kind of temperature. Stick your can of your, your spray can down your pants, make sure you give it a good shake. Um make sure the nozzle's nice and clear. Spray it upside down. Weather shouldn't really be much of a factor. Uh, and if it's particularly bad, just do it in a conservatory. See if you can warm it up a bit beforehand. You know, there you go. That should do the job. And don't spray in rain. That's weird. Um, next one up, we've got the Tyromancer. Um, now that Rob is nearly done with Bellacore, so we've got to change that to now Rob is done with Bellacore. Has yeah. this given him the... He's, I'm going to rephrase it. Has this given him the desire to sculpt his own models instead of using model kits as a starting platform? Or does he want to keep it in the GW family for use in tournaments? Um, one thing I do will say very quickly is I think if you sculpted... If you custom sculpted, sculpted a miniature for AOS or 40k, I think you should just be allowed to use that at a GW event anyway. Yeah, I think that's... was the, That always used to be the rule, didn't it? I so, think, Rob... Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it, it's a sort of go a bit 
well, not to go too sort of uh, long on the subject, but I think what, um, from my my uh, kind of way of looking at things, um, I, I'm not very, and I think we've probably spoken about this in, on, on on previous podcasts and stuff. Um, I, it's quite hard. It's a lot harder, and I, I think I've, I've gained some sort of skills over time. But certainly when I I um, sort of first got back into the hobby, I wouldn't be able to um, sculpt something from scratch. Do you know what I mean? I'd, I'd, I'd need something to, which which probably why, you know, sort of making use of the conversions and, and all the rest of it. Um, you know, if you ask me to draw that bellicor that I've just made from, from just out of the top of my head, I'd probably do quite a, like a, a rough sketch of it, but it wouldn't be super, you know, hyper detailed like some of the, you know, like a decent, you know, it'd probably be at best sort of comic book kind of uh, standard. Um, certainly wouldn't be, you know, any kind of decent pencil kind of drawing or, or ink drawing or anything like that. So um, having something to work with as a base is usually, um, you know, how, how I go about stuff, uh, you know, converting up an existing model. And I mean, although there were elements on Bellacore, basically the, the entire low, you know, everything below Below Scarbrand's thighs um, was uh, was sculpted from scratch over a wire armature. Uh, obviously, the, the majority of uh, the elements were just drawn from other other miniatures. And you know, I think I've got quite a good eye for you know seeing uh, uh, an element on one model and thinking, oh, you know, that that would work well as this, that, or the other. Um, you know, with a bit of work. So you know, I, I for instance the um, Bellacore's chest plate. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the, some of the old work in progress stuff. And it's actually whilst we were recording one of these episodes where I was trying to sculpt like the, his chest piece from scratch, um, you know, from green stuff. And I was really struggling uh, with that. And it was only until I, you, the, the yoke, the skull from the yoke from the um, Chaos Chariot sort of I, I you know use that bit as as the basis of the of, of the face and the more to 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 so I didn't have to sculpt it from scratch. There's a you know there's a lot of um there's one particular guy on uh, that I saw some of his work on Pinterest that I showed Ian last time he was down he's doing a lot of um Slanesh conversions where he's sculpting a lot of the filigree and symbols and these sort of things from from scratch out of green stuff and that's just at a level that I'm not at um you know it's something that is definitely something that i'd aspire to do and it's, it's something that i'm looking to do when i do the uh t'challa conversion which would be the keeper of secrets conversion for the slanesh portion of my uh bellacore chaos army but yeah i don't think i'll ever just sculpt things from scratch there'll always be elements of gw models in there and you know a good you know, I'd say with Archeon, uh, well, Bellacor, sorry, there's you know, a good 90% of them is still GW models, although he might not look like any GW model out there. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think I'd, I'd ever want to completely convert something from scratch, although um, I'm going to have to hook, uh, hit up Byron because the, the, the idea that I've got for um, my Stormcast army, um, uh, the majority of them are going to be uh, was at least the Liberators or Sequers or whoever, whatever they end up being um, are going to be hooded um, and trying to get hold of the, the only thing I could think of using was the um, Deathwing Knights from the Dark Angels range. Yeah. 
like the hooded heads because they obviously got like hooded like the elven heads and stuff they're just far too small for sure. a lot of the storm cars i've seen a few um, armies done with the with the deathwing heads yeah but the, those heads are like fucking rocking horse yeah, shit they are. Yeah. um uh, and excuse my language and uh, no, as much no, as we joked more as much Force as much wearing. as we joked about it i'm not gonna go and buy f- four or five boxes of deathwing terminator nights like, just so that i can get the five heads that come in the box um so i will be sculpt i'll probably be sculpting a lot of um hoods sure on on the on the models uh obviously buy a few the, custom uh, yeah, I mean, I think with even, uh, I think just getting the, you know, I think it'd be, should be a good exercise. I think they're, they're, it's kind, it's quite straightforward to do once you get the technique of it right. And I know Byron did a lot of it for his um, mixed order army with uh, with some of his models was to sculpt heads on a, on a few of them. And um, but it's that's kind of the level of green stuff. And I know that you know, you know, my models suggest otherwise, but they're all really just repurposed gw kits anyway in one form or another i, I don't think i i'm not nowhere near at the level of the sculpting something from scratch although it is something i want to try my hand at cool fair enough that's a in-depth response i'm sure you'll appreciate that thank you very much um so the next one is at woodland king uh, what can i do to stop big splotches when using an airbrush happens more with gray primer than the black both Vallejo and not thinned. So I don't know about you, Rob, but I never use the surface primers or the the undercoats. Um, or the Vallejo ones. Yeah, and this actually came. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Uh, actually... I've, I've, got all, I've got all three of them and I yeah. tried them once and they, they just didn't work out for me. So two things for me is just to help with that, honestly, just don't use it. Um, what The reason for that, is I've used them myself and not been that impressed. Um, Byron pointed out that they are a surface primer. They're not actually an undercoat. So an undercoat will bond to whatever it is you're using. And it means that whenever you rub paint off or if you drop something, you scratch it, generally speaking on a plastic model, you'll only go back as far as the undercoat. However, with a surface primer, surface primer is, is still quite thin. And it's almost like you were saying, it's almost like a film that then paint can then attach to but it isn't particularly well bonded to the actual model that you've sprayed it onto. Um, So I think for things like presentation pieces where you really don't want an undercoat maybe obscuring detail, because it kind of inherently it does, um, where you've got a more detailed model, I can understand why people want to use a spray primer if it's a display piece, but for a gaming piece, I wouldn't do it. Um, Also, I've actually found that it's actually naturally, it dries a bit, it's a bit splodgy. I think I've seen some photos on Twitter of people actually running it through a sieve, and you should see the stuff that gets left behind. It's like gloopy, thick strands. So again, that could be it. Um, I've never thought, I never really considered thinning uh, thinning a, um, undercoat because you wouldn't so my actual recommendation is and it's got to be honest is just don't use it just if you're going to undercoat use sprays and then do airbrushing over the top um he's then asked any tips about the psi uh, i don't know what to look for or know if it's too high or low normally just guessing um for me i normally have it about 1.8 uh, psi 
Um, but it does vary. Some go a bit higher, some go a bit lower. It's purely down to your personal preference. And also a factor is the consistency that you, you tend to find you're happy with with paint. But that's from Angel... Um, uh, Geraldes, um, who's an infinity, who paints a lot of miniatures, but um, came to my attention through the Infinity painting models, and he has a painting guide, and that's what he uses. That's his recommendation. Um, what about you, Rob? Do you, do you use different PSI or? Uh, uh, well, I, I think um, just depending on on what you're doing, I think, um, and again, not having, um, you know, it is, it is very. Although I try and stick with certain mixes and um, you'd always, or one simple tip is, I don't know if, you know, uh, or it's just a, something people do or something I take for granted, but always put your thinner in first um, simply yeah. because it coats the needle slightly before the paint comes out. So you're less likely to get splatters and stuff. That was something that, that Byron brought to my attention. Um, but Again, it just depends on what you're doing. It depends on the size of the needle you're using. The thing is with airbrushing, there's so many different variables, that, and even down to how, how ham-fisted you are or aren't. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, how how the PSI that could be right for me with my big blooming, my big hands. You know, someone's that yeah, with someone with uh, dainty piano fingers like uh, Byron. Okay. Well. Um, yeah, or Gilmore. Um, you know, you might find that, you know, a different tolerance. And there's things like uh, tolerance on your airbrush. Most airbrushes have a um, – uh, most of them these days are, are dual action. So, you you know, you push down to let the air out and then pull the needle back to let the paint come out. Um, you can have – you can adjust that tolerance as well, depending on, you know, how sensitive you like it. There, there is so many different things to consider. Um, and it's a bit of a fool's errand. People looking at airbrushing and thinking that not. And this is not to put anyone off, because one, you know, once you have you sort of got, once you have found your sweet spot with stuff, it, it you know, it is invaluable to certainly for painting armies. Um, but there's, you know, there can be so many different things to consider. Uh, you know, just, just tutorials, looking at you know, and even um, not just figure painting airbrushing tutorials. Um, but I learned a lot of techniques and um, ways to go about it from airbrush artists as well. Yeah. People that actually paint that cam, you know, do portraits and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and just little technique videos on how to, you know, to, to you know, where, you, where you're pointing it when you first depress the trigger, not to have it directly at the model when you're first doing it, because you can clear out some, you know, some clog out of the needle and you'll splatter your miniature and all these these type of things. Um, it's not an exact science, unfortunately, and you know it, it is one of those things that you know a, a friend of ours, uh, Chris, he's, uh, he's he's Chris Tomlin. He, he's he's just got into he's just got his uh, airbrush set up, hasn't he? And I think um, you know, he'd be, probably be the first to admit that it's not as perhaps easy as or well, not easy, but not as straightforward as it perhaps may seem from the outside looking in. You know, um, I think it is, and it's it, oh God, yeah. It really, it really isn't. Not I mean, to sound just, like oh, it's like some elite club. No, you, you know, it's not. Part of, it isn't straightforward. There's not. so many. If you think painting is actually what we're doing a lot of time, painting is we put paint on a brush and we put it on the model. There's not an awful lot you do between that. Sometimes people use a no. wet palette. You add amounts of thinner. You turn something into a glaze. Something's a wash. 
get an airbrush out and suddenly you've got mechanical elements in. So I, I completely appreciate and it really it probably took me about a year or so to get comfortable with an airbrush. So I completely understand why these questions keep keep getting raised. So um, yeah. something that we would definitely will, which is going to be happening soon in the next couple of months, will be some pro painted videos, which will look at a little bit of the hobby and also a bit of the gaming side. So keep an eye out for those. Um, but we have got a little bit. Well, a last question kind of refers to this. So we'll, we'll jump on to the next one. Um, but what I would say with airbrushing, if it works for you, it's fine. If it works. Yeah. Just go with it, okay? If you find something that works, you're happy with it, no problem. Yeah, don't question it. Just, no, just, just crack on. Just, like, yeah, just crack, just crack on. on. Um, Steve Foot has asked, can you paint in a narrative style? Um, I would say absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. And I would say a narrative style isn't necessarily the, the Blanchuism thing that everyone talks about. I think if you have a, for me, narrative and concept, two similar things, you no, have yeah, I mean, an you idea behind what it. you're doing. Yeah, we touched on it at the beginning of the show, wasn't it? You know, I said it myself that if, if you know, I, I, the term concept army is a bit banded around um, these days, and I think if you know if you have got a strong con, you know, if you have got a strong idea and a narrative, um, you know, then you know I, I've always thought of uh, doing a, uh, a lizardman army, but um, uh, an idea for a concept army would be a lizardman army where everything apart from the slan has the sort of like the nebula effect that's painted yeah. like in a very sort of dark incubi darkness. You get the whole army together, sort of all base to base as it were, sort of what you know, however many models it is, on a bit of card, you know, cardboard underneath and do a big nebula pattern over the whole lot. Sure. So that the, the neb you know, all sort of when you you know you could have it so that once they're once they're on a display board, you see the big swirling nebula. It's almost like a jigsaw puzzle. Um and that would, you know, sort of represent, you know, them being dreams, as it were, or whatever. Um, but yes, you know, there's loads of painting styles that you can do, and I think it's that that's more to do with, you know, the the, the again the term concept army. I think that that's perfectly perfectly uh, sort yeah. of apt for that. And I even think, you know, where you've had things like state state troops, um, kind of empire armies back in the day painting them all in you know particular cities colors and your generals yeah. on this particular mount you painted them this you know that that to me is narrative painting um stormcast also, chambers chris, Peach, chris peach's army is a prime example of that where he's taken different models and you know it's all work that goes into sort of convert that's not just painting but modeling as well yeah. with the conversions having you know his uh, all these different sort of order and other sort of bits put together to create you know the, the paint scheme then just ties the whole thing together then doesn't it you know? yeah absolutely yeah. would you agree ian um yeah i think so um, Jeremy, I, no. think, um <laughs> I think it's probably easier it's a combination i think the <laughs> narrative was painting um i think it's easier with the modeling so the yeah. the painting on in and of itself is more difficult to achieve the narrative from, whereas the combination of the modelling and the army list. So if you painted a, um, you could paint a null army from the old world, but with no cannons, that's not particularly narrative because they were known for the artillery, even though it was painted as them. So I think it's yes, yeah, it's, okay. it's not a, and I don't think it's a. I think it's more tricky 
you know, I think it's designed, it's, it's having the, it's the whole thing from the ground up, isn't it? It's the, the concept yeah. for the conversions, the modeling, um, you know, the display but, board, if you want to go that far, you know, like Chris has done with his Venetian and, uh, and effect and that, you know. And I need to incorporate the army list as well, I think. Yeah. So you're looking at it as a whole. But, yeah, it's possible. Well, like, I mean, with, with my, um, just a quick, just a finish, like, obviously the, um, the Egrim's Dragon is going to be painted in the same sort of colour scheme as, as Kairos, um, with sort of the, uh, purple, the, the, the ready purple wings and the light blue body and stuff. Um, but I'm going to, um, like Zangor Enlightened, their bodies are going to be like the blue and then their little feathers are going to be the, the ready to the purple to the pink. And, you know, they're going to, and the chirocacolites, the loincloths are going to be, you know, that sort of colour as well to sort of tie that in. You know, obviously, Egrim was a was a cult leader in, in the old world. And obviously, with the chirocacolites and the zangor and everything representing his his cult as it is in the in the in AOS, that will, you know, that will tie everything together, even though they might be completely different models, you know. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a good example. Um, so next question we had was from um, I never know. See, I, where I work at the moment, I've got a Andrea, but her name's Andrea. So then I it's Andrea. I think it's Andrea. Andrea Schwartz. Um, do you tend to paint in a similar colour screens across all armies or pre- projects, or do you do something new each time to keep it fresh? I well, I change every time um, because I get bored of painting the same colours. Well, you just follow the box so, art anyway. Quite often, yes. <laughs> yeah, but I choose a, I did, I choose a different colour on the box. So I go into go into a Games Workshop. I choose the box where I'm painted the colour for a while. I paint that one. It's easy. Fair enough. I I, I yeah. try. Oh, go on. Sorry, yeah. No, I was just say I tend to have my go-to colours, um, but at the same time, I think every army or project I do, I try and add a new element to that. Try something new. Um, that tends to be the way I look at it. But I think, you know, Chris Tomlin's always been famous for falling back on his pinks and purples and turquoises. Um, I've always, nowadays, uh, those are still colours I love, but orange is something I fall back on quite strongly. Um, what about you, Rob? Um, well, I, I, I haven't painted enough armies to really um, sort of go about I think um, it's more like, uh, you know, to, I think... Especially for me and, and and what I sort of want to kind of achieve out of each project, it, you know, it's very much. Um, and it, you know, Ian was very kindly um, pointed out, you know, the sort of taking on feedback and and how well it, you know, sort of made Bellacore, you know, in, improve on what, what the initial sort of idea was for it. But you know, like the classic thing, you know, the, the, this army now that I'm doing, you know, it's all it's all about contrast. It doesn't matter about necessarily the colour scheme obviously I've given that a thought as I've just said with 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 the the colour schemes tying in across the army um but as far as actually wanting to achieve something that'll make me a better painter um and and looking at it that way rather than thinking right okay well I I painted loads of sort of organic woods type stuff with my last army I'm going to paint a you know stormcast army which is loads of um you know armoured dudes you know I've taken a, a more broader sort of style or improvement and try to apply it to, to, to this army um you know with the 
so we're really focusing on the high contrast on the metallics and on the armor and on different bits and bobs and getting color balances right um that's kind of how i move on and that's you know obviously doing it that way like you said if you were if you take a if you sort of think to yourself right okay well i want to apply this technique to this army because i think that's what will make me a better painter that's how you move forward and improve sure yeah yeah no i, t- I totally agree and that's exactly what i do i literally go right okay what am i going to do what i'm going to try new what i'm going to go outside my comfort zone with for this army uh so yeah agreed um finally chris and ross polly who's kind of gone back to what we were just talking about a minute ago which was um maybe share a few tips for people like myself who maybe pick an airbrush for the first time in 2019 um so again there is always a little bit tricky to kind of translate without them being there or showing um but for me it's trying to think some of the some of the straightforward stuff is as rob said put your thinner in first so you put your thinner in your paint your little bit of medium in there just to get a nice consistency consistency of paint you want kind of about milk um you simply use an old paintbrush to get any pot paints into the airbrush itself do not put your finger or or block the end of the nozzle and try and flush it backwards what that does it pushes paint back into the seals inside the airbrush which are really awkward to get at and can actually end up damaging them um products to use tamiya thinner Tamiya Color X20A Thinner is my favourite. I used uh, Vallejo Glaze Medium. You can use any paints. Um, and I would also say get the Foaming Cleanser. Um, wear a mask. <laughs> Buy one of the spray paint pots. Um, the most expensive part of an airbrush is the compressor. I have a good airbrush. I have a shit compressor. I need a new compressor better the compressor the longer it runs for the quieter it is the hotter it doesn't get the less water it gets in my airbrush will start spitting water after about 30 minutes worth of use so those are kind of my initial tips and um, but also don't be afraid of it it's pretty damn resilient um if you've got a decent airbrush the the needle is damaged it is difficult to damage it can happen but it, it can be difficult to damage so don't be afraid to have a good play around with it um rob anything from you I think you've covered you've covered off of, uh, most of it there. I think again, just having the patience and knowing that you know, you're probably not going to get it right first time. You're probably not going to get the you know you, um, you've probably got something in your head that you think you want you're going to want to accomplish. It's going to take a bit of time getting there. So you know, uh, you know, if you are trying things out for the first time, do try them on test models because there's nothing like you know starting off. You know, perhaps just try undercoating some stuff or pre-shading some stuff to begin with rather than you know doing some fancy blends on some cloaks that you've you spent hours painting already um yeah and just this is a lot of trial and error unfortunately and it sounds like we're kind of dodging the subject a little bit but it, it just is what it is i'm afraid yeah i mean it's definitely it's definitely something i need to do some videos on because people are asking consistently and there are great videos out there on youtube but i know that just being able to go click this link watch this this will tell you what you need to know i know that really helps um and if if you do want some help with the concept of the painting those angel Garelda's books i've mentioned are actually really good i would recommend them they go over a lot of the theory which can really help um but yeah that's it that's the listener questions so far so i think that comes to the end of this episode um rob's gonna go home and well go home uh, he's gonna go to bed and celebrate you know how, how does your wife feel about you finishing bellacore 
You're mute. Yeah. Rob. <laughs> right, yeah. well. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, well, yeah, just got to crack on now, haven't I? Get all the rest of it done. Crack on. Crack on. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, we're in there. Well done, Rob. Congratulations. Thank any, you. Any, any last shout-outs? <laughs> um... No I'm, no, I'm I'm all good. Thank you for everyone for all the like I said all the kind words of encouragement whilst he, he was getting done and uh yeah, he's uh, hoping the, the next model doesn't take eighteen months to finish. Fingers crossed, because you need to do an army. Yeah. And yes. yeah. Okay. Bye. See you soon guys. Bye. Bye. you